Yep, 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 yep. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. It's breakfast somewhere. Welcome to Breakfast with Vinny. Eat up. All right, today, decisions, decisions, decisions. That's today's food for thought. All right. And what up, decisions? So interesting, if I look back 30, 40 years ago to now, and I think about the process of recording, for example, and um, I think about how decisions were made then and how decisions were made now, and I look at the indecisiveness of certain people that were in charge of making recordings happen. So I thought, well, let's have a look at this now. If you can't make a decision, then all the amount of command Z isn't going to save you because you have to make a decision in the first place. What do I mean here? Let's just look at a record, right? If you think about how people used the technology that was available to them, let's say in the 1960s, four tracks, eight tracks, and they kept layering, and they kept layering, and they kept layering. And uh, every time they did that, they had to make decisions that forced them to commit to what they were doing. So, I mean, obviously, there are many cases in point. If you look at the Beatles, for example. I mean, once you do that, there's no undo. That's it. So, you had better commit. And I'd say... They made some great decisions and committed to some great things because otherwise you could sit there and hack at it ad infinitum and never make a decision. And if you cut to today, where let's say we have the ability to just have unlimited undo for someone who can't make a decision in the first place, that's a huge nightmare, a huge nightmare. They'll sit there all day long and just not make decisions. I mean, I've seen this plague back in the days of analog recording with people doing take after take after take after take after take after take after take. And I'm looking at boxes of two-inch tapes sitting in the hallway thinking you're actually going to go back and listen to 70 takes on all of these tape reels. And because of the way that you have to do it, you can't just suddenly skip ahead to playlist number 17 and then go to playlist number 70. You can't do that. you got to change reels, mark it, and then remember what it is that you heard. There's, I really don't think there's any way that you could really make an informed decision that you think that take number 77 is infinitely better than take number 34 but marginally better than take number 55, et cetera, et cetera, when you're playing the same thing over and over. So you could see that sort of disease there. And so if you take a person who, and I've seen it happen, who would do that on analog tape, and now you're into to the digital domain, all bets are off. So what exactly are you getting what exactly are you getting by doing that? And I would actually 
bet that most of them really at that point can't really tell. They can't really tell and it's just, you know, flogging a dead horse. So uh, it's amazing to me that these kinds of things have gone on for so long in the business that we're in. I mean, if you look at a jazz musician who has to, let's say, go on stage and, um, and improvise and have these kinds of improvisational interactions beyond the speed of thought, you can obviously see that uh, there's really no room to sit around and just kind of think, I think I might do that the next chorus and maybe while you're playing at some blistering t tempo no it just doesn't bad example i don't think so because many jazz musicians when they made records would just go in and play like they were playing a gig sure do several takes some people didn't some people just didn't at all i myself just being trained as a studio musician right um in the days of analog tape i was trained to get it quickly. So my skill set had to come into play. Time was money, and I had to interpret quickly as well. So I had to figure out what the right thing was right away and play it. And you can develop a sense of doing that. You can. So therefore, when you do do that, then once you start doing it 10, 15, 20 more times, you can see how inane it is. That's not to say that you can't sculpt something from zero and take your time with it. There are situations that warrant that sort of thing. But even so, at a certain point, you have to make a decision. And I think that's one of the most valuable and sometimes difficult thing for any artist or performer or writer even to do. is just let it go. Just let it go. Just like when you play something, you gotta let it go. If you try to play something and you're on stage playing live and you, you're just spontaneously trying, just doing something and it just maybe doesn't quite work, who cares? You just pick yourself up and go. And, and that same kind of flow and decision-making and commitment works for all sorts of things. As a musician, if you wanna to learn to sight read, one of the things that I would tell people myself personally is that if you see a new piece of music then just start reading it from top to bottom and do not stop do not stop play it at a comfortable tempo but even if you make 50 mistakes don't stop ever because you can't do that when you're actually reading it for real and then go back and do it again and you could stop and see what your mistake was. But the whole idea is to develop uh, a sort of top-to-bottom perspective of just playing and doing it and not stopping. So it's a very valuable thing. And um, so as far as decision-making goes and making those kind of commitments, yeah, recording, I mean, how many plugins do you need? Can you really listen to cable and tell the difference that much if, 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 dot, 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 dot. There's just so many variables and so many things that I think people fool themselves with. You have to ask yourself, well, what do I really need here? You know, 
if you want to go take pictures to save your, you know, sort of hobbyist photographer or something, and you think, well, I'm going to go out and take some pictures, and how many lenses do I need? Uh, I'm going to need that zoom, uh, and I'll probably need some primes because those are better, uh, sharper, and I'll get better background blur and all this sort of stuff and light and, you know, what if I'm sitting in a car and I've got the shot across the street, but I need to zoom in. Um, but wait, there are 60 megapixel cameras now. Yeah, sure. That's great. You got to jack up the shutter speed to like 2000, you know, just to make sure that your shot is sharp because you have so many megapixels to deal with that you think you can get away with just taking one lens out, you know, and I'll just zoom in. You have one little nano smudge of shake there and you zoom in and your picture's going to be pretty blurry if your lens isn't good enough to resolve that kind of resolving power. If you're not on a tripod, you jack up the shutter speed and then your ISO goes up and you might have some noise and you get the picture. And so that's why they'll try to sell you those kinds of things. Because they make they make more money, so you have to make a decision. Make those decisions and just stick with the decisions. And if they're wrong, then you get stung by it, and you'll learn from it. At least you'll have made a decision and made a commitment. When you're recording, playing, you'll develop a sense for that, and probably be better off for it. So make that commitment, make that decision. Do it now. Thanks for listening. That's Food for Thought today. And I hope to see you all, hear you all, perceive you all next time. Thanks.